Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces left over, and those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children." Lord Jesus, we thank you for feeding us, feeding us when we weren't even expecting to be fed. Thank you for feeding us when we craved things that would not satisfy nor things that would save. Feed us now tonight with your word and in a few moments with the bread of your body. Pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was so wonderful to be together last Sunday morning at 9 a.m. out here on the back lawn. That was step number one uh, of many. And now step number two is today. Today represents just the next step of moving towards something like familiar. And I mentioned last week, and I want to reiterate tonight, that a lot of us are feeling a lot of different things. And, And that's okay, and that's good. And we need to be present to that and recognize that. We're feeling grief. We're feeling frustration, sadness, anger, anger at our uncertainty, uncertainty, anxiety, anxiety over our anger and our grief and our sadness. And so it's just like this. It's a conflagration, as Homer might say. Uh, But all these things are really welling up within us, and it's so good to be together in the presence of God with the people of God, whether you're with us online or just the handful that are here today. But we we must be present to those things and name them and experience them and recognize that Christ is Lord of all of those things. In fact, if God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made all things visible and invisible and made us, then he made us to feel and experience those things. So we're not afraid of what's happening But we continually turn, and I don't know if you can see online, but we continually turn to the cross. Here, you can see the cross on the table. We remember this tree of life. We remember that Christ was the seed that fell to the ground and died so that he could be raised up again. So, tonight we have this live stream you're participating with us. If you're participating with us right now, in a few minutes at, from 6 to 7, we'll have drive through communion distribution. So you'll drive to the church and you'll come in kind of the main entrance over here off of Easton Road, follow the signs, the beautiful signs, and you'll see Chris and I back here under the shade. We'll, we'll pray for you, bless you, give you the bread that's been consecrated in our communion prayer. But I, I love that, that, today and tonight that we can partake 
of the body of Christ. We had about 35 or 40 people last Sunday out on the lawn, but tonight we can all participate together and partake and receive from Christ as, as we're able, as we're here. And it's no coincidence that we hear these lessons uh, read, especially this gospel lesson, that Jesus performs this miracle. And the miracle is they're out in a desolate place. All the multitudes, they're desperate. They have a deep need and they know it. And in that place, in that deep need, Jesus meets them, doesn't he? It says, out of his compassion, he heals their sick. And we know that it's out of this compassion, this, this feeling that he has of these, these bedraggled people that are following him all across the wilderness, that he feeds them this bread and this fish. Now, notice a few things about what happens here. It says, after Jesus had heard of it, this is what was before in Matthew, um, we've just finished up the, the discourse of the parables, and Jesus hears of Herod thinking that Jesus is John the Baptist raised from the dead. And so we can only imagine what that would do to Jesus. Did that throw him off? Did it frustrate him? Did he think, well, that's typical, you know, Herod, that fox? doesn't really matter. But it says when he heard that, he went away to a desolate place. So whenever some sort of thing could have thrown him off of his mission or even thrown him out of whack, what did Jesus do? He didn't, he didn't go type A, <laughs> you know. He didn't look for those seven highly effective habits, though I'm sure they're highly effective and I'm sure they're very useful. <laughs> he went away. He, he got alone. I, I'm going to guess that he got still and that he connected with his Father. Now, we know that Jesus is light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not created, of one essence with the Father. But still, in his human sense, he wanted to pray and to connect with his Father. So he gets away, and here come these multitudes. And they had followed Jesus all over the place. They had heard these parables. They'd seen the miracles. And now, all Jesus wants to do, I'm just sitting here praying Minding my own business, I'm just feeding the birds out at the park. And guess what? All the people show up. And Jesus doesn't shoo them away, because that's probably what I would do. Don't you see what important godly things I'm doing right now? I'm communing with God. He doesn't do that. He has compassion on them. He feels and he suffers with them. So he heals their sick. But later we see that it's getting late and the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, send these guys away. It's time to eat. We don't have any food. And Jesus says, you feed them. Don't you love that? Don't you feel like that's a moment that we're in right now? Uh, okay, we, we're, the church, it means that we're gathered, but we can't gather and um, we can't like touch each other, and there's so many things that we can't do, and we say, God, help us. And he, this may be a moment where he's like, will you do it? And the disciples at this point in their lives, they're not post-Pentecost disciples. 
They're not post-resurrection disciples where the risen Christ sees them alongside of a road and is like, hey, let me explain to you the entire Old Testament through the lens of me, where meaning is found in me. This, that's, not, that's not these disciples. These disciples are, well, we have a couple of fish and some bread. And so Jesus says, Take what, bring me what you have. Friends, in this season, that's frustrating, that's anxiety-provoking, that's anger-provoking. Our Lord Jesus Christ, our holy God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, cry out to us and say, bring me what you have. What do you have? And so they find a couple of fish and a few loaves. And notice what happens next. Jesus takes the fish and the loaves. He blesses them. He says a prayer over them. He breaks them, and he gives it to the people. He takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. This is a specific formula that prefigures the Eucharist. In fact, in all the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when and in Paul's retelling of the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11, all of those places have Jesus doing the same thing on the night before he was handed over to suffering and death. Our Lord Jesus Christ, what will Chris say in a few minutes? Took bread, broke it, blessed it, gave it to them. So there's this beautiful prefiguring of the Eucharist. And even though we're a lot like the Israelites in Psalm 78, we crave after stuff because we think it's going to fix. Hmm. Even though we're a lot like that, God feeds us with the bread of angels. Jesus says, I am the true bread that comes down from heaven. So Christ heals their sick out of love for them. Christ feeds them out of compassion for them. And it's here that we're reminded, friends, that the church is like a hospital. No, we're not, we don't have the technical capabilities and we don't give away prescriptions and all these sorts of things. But the church is meant to be a place for those who are sick. A broken heart and a contrite spirit God will not despise, writes King David in Psalm 51. Unless we know our need, unless we know we're hungry for the true bread of life, will we ask? This is not in our lessons tonight, but I'm reminded of the church in Laodicea to whom John writes in Revelation chapter 3, the second half of the chapter. Laodicea was a successful town, a lot of good commerce, they had a lot of gold. They had a, a, a good garment business. They had everything that they needed. And Jesus says, not only, you know, we won't even get to the hot and cold, lukewarm, vomit you out of my mouth thing. But Jesus says this, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything and do not know you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked, I counsel you to buy gold from me. Jesus says, I know that you think you have a lot of money resources, but the only thing that's going to get you anywhere is gold bought from me. In a sense, Jesus is inviting them 
to do the same thing that St. Paul is writing to the church at Rome. Put yourself in the presence of the love of God. Nothing can separate you from it. You can separate yourself from the love of God, but God's love will never change. Recognize your need that he is the bread of heaven given for you and that you need to eat. Recognize that you're sick and you're broken and that you need to be healed. And the God of all peace, who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, will comfort us, will heal us, will feed us tonight. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.